Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie Carraway. And I'm Emery Williamson. I'm a little depressed today. Oh, so depressed. my voice is probably going to sound a little monotone. I get like some Daria vibes when I'm depressed. Like my voice just stays at the same level. I understand that, yeah. So just be prepared. You got Daria Lizzie today. Perfect. Um, but I'm here for it. I'm ready. I'm excited. This is like therapeutic for me. And I have therapy right afterwards. Ooh, hell yeah. So it's like double therapy today. Even better. Yeah. I have therapy on Wednesday. Yeah. And it was wonderful. Yeah. I have awesome. I do weekly therapy sessions. Same person you've seen for a while? Yeah. I've been seeing him for about almost two years now. Oh, that's great. So it's really nice. Yeah. He's helped me a lot. Awesome. And I love just walking into the therapy office and just be like, I've got some shit to tell you today. <laughs> and he's always like, all right, come on, bring it. So it's Do really Do you ever nice. bring notes to therapy? Because I've never thought of doing that, but it just occurred to me, like, I leave and I'm like, oh, I forgot to bring this thing up and this thing. I don't bring notes to therapy. I, maybe I should. I used to, he had me on this plan where it was, I was basically getting over a, an ex and we had to like use this data analysis where I was monitoring how many times I would like, you know, look her up or check her Facebook or something like Interesting. that. And you could, you could see like the tally marks I would, you know, and I would talk, I would put like information about how long I looked at something, how long I dwelled on something, like I would write all that, report all that down. So I would bring those notes. So it's like, oh, it looks like from Monday through Friday, Monday morning, particularly I was dwelling on this breakup or dwelling on this issue for you know, two hours that day. But then by Friday, it was 20 minutes. So I can at least see those uh, improvements throughout the week. So that's what I used to do. And that was very, like, based off of, like, we're going to use quantitative data to see, like, how you're improving and your mental health stability. So that was really helpful for me. Yeah. And I like like stuff like that. So it was helpful. It's like fun homework. It's like turning your brain into a research study. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it It kind of removes you a little bit. And it it honestly helped me uh, heal from that relationship. Um, So that was really helpful. Yeah. You're like watching yourself heal Mm -hmm. by noticing that just... That you're really thinking about them less and less. Yeah, you can look at... Because I would write notes so I could see, you know, the qualitative data and then the actual numbers, the quantitative data, and I could figure out, okay, I'm doing much better at this time of the day or I'm doing much worse at this time of the day, but it just, it really helped me improve overall. I feel like there's a book in that, like The Science of Breakups. Mm. Yeah, it was... catchy. It was a difficult (laughs) Uh, Dibs, guys, dibs. (laughs) (laughs) I own that title. I own it. Well, it's it probably already now. exists. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really helpful for me, for sure. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get rolling. Uh, Emery, let's start with where people can find us. The business part of the podcast. Business time. Uh, we... It's business. <laughs> it's business time. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Flight of the Concords. Is that your jingle for the business? It's Flight of the Concords. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like it. So we can be listened to through SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. We can also be followed on Facebook and Instagram. I actually don't have Instagram, so I don't really know how that world works, but we don't. We, our Instagram name is different, correct? Yeah, well, it's two nuts in a pod, just number two. Okay, it's, it's so much cooler on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And then we can be contacted through email. I'm going to get this email address right because I got it wrong last time. Two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com. So we are two nuts in a pod, but we're two nuts in a podcast in a podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we did have an email from a listener. Um, I won't say their name. They talked about how much they loved the podcast and felt like they were hanging out with us, you know, in our little space. And they had two little recommendations. They said the latest episode 
reminded them of, it's a podcast, the This American Life podcast, of course, the episode that's called Tell Me I'm Fat and how it was inspired by Shrill, and they said the, the our most recent one where we discussed... Um, like second to most is one episode ago, because we had the solo episode. Oh, yeah. So like it's... Nestled in between. Okay. Yeah. So, But it was about body issues. Yeah. Body issues, body shaming, uh, fat shaming, that uh, those type of issues. So they recommended that as far as an episode to listen to for people. And then they said when I brought up the box dot concept of grief... Reminded them of Nora McInerney's, I don't know how to pronounce McInerney, it. McInerney, maybe? McInerney, McInerney, TED Talk, about how to move forward instead of moving on. So it's about, uh, we don't move on from grief, we move forward with it. Mm-hmm. And that's a TED Talk that can be uh, accessed pretty easily. So a nice little TED Talk and a This American Life podcast to listen to for any listeners that would like to. Great. But I thought that was really nice, you know, not only telling us that they like that the, the episode, but also suggesting little things that audience members or other people can listen to as well or yeah. research. So it's so awesome. Thank you listener for giving us that. And, um, I'll definitely put it in our show notes today so people can check it out. I want to check them out now. I'm yeah. Mm-hmm. I've actually, uh, listened and watched both of those. Um, and they were, yeah, they're wonderful. That, uh, that's not where I got the, the grief, the box part, but it was just very interesting to hear about, you know, that grief, you just can't get over something like that. And it's it's moving forward with it. Um, it'll always be connected to you. So yeah. I thought that was really compelling and a, and a very, an excellent talk. So I would suggest listeners watch that as well. Awesome. Very cool. Well, let's introduce our guest. So Katie Hubert Bellotta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's technically yeah. just Katie Bellotta, but formally Hubert. Yes. Yes. It's one of those things, though, like, since I knew you for so long before you get married, it's going to take me like three years before yeah. I'm make the name switch it's okay i still i still actually just say katie hubert most of the time because people don't know who i am otherwise <laughs> yeah so especially for work and stuff yeah or people yeah. who i haven't talked to they they just be like why is this weird stranger calling me so yeah <laughs> so katie and i worked together at centerstone which was formerly seven counties mm-hmm. um and i was doing like the i was like kind of on the business staff and she was on the social work side of things so working you were working with like families of clients mm-hmm. with intellectual or developmental disabilities. So mm-hmm. yeah, helping them kind of keep their caregiving and therapies all in order. Yes. Connecting them to that. Mm-hmm. So, and do you want to talk about what you do now before we launch into, or is that just part um, of Actually, story? that's kind of part of my story. Cool. I think it'll fit. So. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You'll get to wait and see Ooh. what I do. <laughs> <laughs> You have to stay tuned. <laughs> stay <laughs> tuned for five minutes from now. Uh, now let's get into our ads. I'm just kidding. We are not sponsored. We're doing this for no money. <laughs> so we like to start with roses and cow shit. So, you know, in the past couple weeks, what's gone well and what's like really bummed us out or pissed us off or any other kind of in that group of negative feelings or feelings we label as negative. And I'm all over the place today, so I can start, or you can start. It's totally up to you. Uh, I'll start today. All right. Get it. Yeah, I'm going to start. I, uh, I'm going to start with cow shit. Yeah, got to start with the starting with cow shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I have actually also been in quite a rut this mm. week. This has been just a particularly just funky week with just work and social life and family and friends. It just it's, it's felt off this entire week. And I, I haven't really been able to put finger on it. And that's why therapy was really helpful for me this week. Uh, just processing that and talking about it and having, you know, a reliable, trusted source of an individual that I can talk to and receive feedback from as well. And that's really helpful for me because otherwise I just kind of hold it all in and bottle it up. And that is never helpful or healthy for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't choose to do that anymore. And also a coworker from my work is uh, is leaving. They're moving. And uh, this is, you know, a person that I, it's it's a very, I would consider them like an ally for me at work, especially with regards to my mental health. Mm-hmm. And it's a trusted source of an individual that I can talk to and, you know, vent with and, and whatever. And it, you know, not only sucks to a friend is moving away and leaving, but it also sucks when that's someone you really trust and you really feel comfortable talking openly with. Yeah. Because especially with mental illness, it's, it's hard to 
have those conversations sometimes and start those conversations with the new people if you're like, I don't know how you're going to treat me now. Right. And she's always been really wonderful, um, very open-minded, very understanding, very compassionate. And I've really appreciated that. And that's helped me through any stress at work. So it's nice to have that ally at work. And now that ally is going away. And that's okay. But it also, you know, it, it scared me a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's someone, you know, it's also just someone I like a lot as a person. So it just sucks to lose someone that's a friend um, that's moving away a significant distance. And so that was really tough. And so I've just kind of had a tough week. So luckily I, you know, work at a place where they let me go home early one day and I could do work from home. So that was really helpful because I needed space and time to think. And, you know, I wanted to just also be sad and not have people try to get me out of being sad. I think sometimes when I have those feelings, Mm -hmm. I don't want people to interrupt those feelings. I don't want people to try to you know, drag me away from those feelings because they'll drag me kicking and screaming because mm-hmm. I'm fucking sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you have to feel that. Yeah. And That's I would, the only way through it. You have to feel it and then... And it was just, it was nice to be able to tell her and be like, I'm sad. That's what I am right now. I'm just mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. And I don't want anyone to fix it. I don't want any, you know, there's no quick fixes for this. This mm-hmm. is something I've dealt with my entire life. Let me process it. Don't try to give me solutions. And... I can work through this. I've done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and they gave you space, and that's really Yeah, it gave me needed. space, and that was that was needed because I was getting very irritable, mm-hmm. and I don't like to be like that. But I had three people at work ask me this week if something was wrong. Mm-hmm. So clearly people can note, notice, and I'm pretty much in a chipper, good mood at work. And I think it's because you're probably because you're so chipper. Like People don't tend to notice as much when I'm depressed because... I'd, I'm never, like, that cheerful at work Yeah. anyway. Like, maybe, like, a one-off. It's more like if I'm in a good mood, it's like, oh, hey, yeah. what happened? Yeah. Did you yeah. just get laid or something? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what's going on? Major You're rings. smiling. <laughs> Did you have a little foundation yeah. under your eyes today? Ooh, girl. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah I've, I've never really had that. I've always been very pretty chipper and smiley and... You know, and positive. So it's just, uh, yeah, I think people could notice. And that was, that was, it was a tough week. And so that leads into my rose. My cow shit leads into this beautiful rose. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, last night, really. I had a work engagement until 7.30. And work engagements on Friday nights are not fun. But it was, it was wonderful. I really enjoyed it. I was glad I went. And it was part of very important work that we're doing. But then I hung out with my friends including Lizzie. I was uh, there. And we went to the Speed Art Museum and did the little after hours, whatever event. I guess it's just called after speed hours or speed after hours. I think or... it's like it's that one, yeah. I after think it's hours. speed after hours. Maybe. Speed after hours. I, I don't, don't know. know. Well, it's hours. fun. We had a good time. There was live music, good food, and several of my friends were there. And then we hung out afterwards and went out. And it was just nice to have drinks and relax with, with good friends and people that, you know, you trust and you love and you're just happy to have in your life. So that was a very much a rose for me because that this mm-hmm. week was just draining for me. And I was so tired. And one of our friends could tell because I was yawning Aww. frequently. <laughs> and it was just, I was just beaten up from this week. So yeah. it was nice to have that yesterday. So yeah, yeah, it was really nice. So that is my rose. That's so, yeah. so my cow shit actually comes out of that rose. It's a reverse. <laughs> oh, okay. A reverse birth of and the, the rose. The rose oh, just yeah. sinks back down and yeah. closes itself into sure the levels. cow shit. <laughs> so let me quickly shit on that thing that was, that was positive. Cause so that's beautiful. what I do. Um, that's what depression does. So it was actually, so I had a really busy day at work yesterday too but it was a very like anxious busy day where I just like was running around a lot we had an event and I had to do some speaking at the event which um actually is going to be my rose but it the whole day overall made me really anxious and then I got home and my husband Seth really wanted to go see people and I was like I want to see those humans like Mm -hmm. I I can deal with it like yeah I'm burnt out but you know like sometimes you just have to tell yourself like you have to, you have to get out there. You have to do this. This might feel good. Yeah. Or, or it'll feel bad, but it will make you ultimately feel better. Yeah. You know, it might not feel good in the moment. I did this thing that I tend to do where like, I've heard that when you show up somewhere and you're anxious, like wait five minutes Mm. before you have a drink. If you have a tendency to abuse alcohol, which I definitely do. 
That's that's kind of a cool rule. And and sometimes I I really try to keep like hold myself to that like because it's so easy to immediately want to medicate the discomfort. Like I think yeah. the most anxious times are like the first five minutes that you're there. And I didn't. I started drinking and I just drank too much too quickly. I didn't eat dinner. And for me, like the self-medicating with alcohol, it's like twofold. Like I'm doing it so that I won't feel things feeling so like harshly, like it's Mm -hmm. like a numbing for myself. But then I feel like I do it for other people too, because I feel this like pressure to not make them uncomfortable with my nervous energy Mm -hmm. and Sometimes, too, it's like, oh, you know, what if they expect me to be, like, fun and drunk and I'm not? And so I, like, put all this pressure on myself. And then, you know, by the time we got out, I just felt like I was tired. I had had too much to drink and was just, like, I just felt really dissociated Mm -hmm. when we were actually at the museum. Mm -hmm. Like, I just was staring into space. I didn't feel like I was in my body. Mm -hmm. And it was just, like, but I kept saying, like, okay, every five minutes to just like you know to just reassess and say like I don't have to leave right now like I want to stay here as long as I can because this is like this is good for me so like drank some water I ate some food the delicious mac and cheese I was talking about (laughs) earlier and I at least started to like sober up and you know just tried to have like little snippets of conversation to be like I'm here I'm present and that did help but then it's like I felt bad because I left really early, like before 10. And then I just kind of felt guilt about that. And then shame, like it just disappointed in myself. Like I, that's a problem with like, I think gaining more self-awareness is you, you know, your own shit. Sure. Mm -hmm. And you're like disappointed in yourself when you see it happen. Whereas like before I was blissfully ignorant, I was self-medicating and it was working for me and that was fine. But Mm -hmm. now I'm like hyper aware of the self-medication luckily I have therapy right after this so my first appointment with this new person I'm really excited Um, so we'll delve into kind of a plan for that I've got to take baby steps but yeah yeah, so that's that's my cow shit sorry that I shit on your rose took a giant (laughs) shit on the rose (laughs) Um, but actually my rose yesterday when I had to do some public speaking I was I was definitely really nervous about it because I didn't find out till the day before that I had to do it, which in some ways is good <laughs> yeah. because I didn't have a long time to stress out about it or really plan what I was going to say. Like I took some notes, but the day of, I was I was proud of myself. I didn't self-medicate at all. Of course, I don't drink booze during a work day, but <laughs> I do have Ativan that I take when I'm feeling really like yeah. panicky, mm-hmm. but I purposefully didn't take it that day I was just like I want to feel this like mm-hmm. I, w- I want to and you know it's not like Ativan numbs me that much I'm on a really low dose but it was just like no I need to be alert today I want to be as present as I can and before I spoke like we were kind of in a conversation with faculty members and I get major imposter syndrome like I work in faculty development and I feel like they all have way more teaching experience than I do it's like yeah I study writing and I read about it a lot, but my teaching experience is way less than theirs is. So mm. I get this imposter syndrome, like, oh, mm. like what gives me the right huh. to yeah. pretend I know anything? And so, but I was like looking at people talking beforehand and I had like a positive out of body feeling where I just felt like my, the edges of my skin were blurring almost mm. because I was really focusing on everyone's faces and trying yeah. to not be scared of each person. Mm-hmm. I was like, this person is warm and supportive. Like I have a really supportive faculty. Mm-hmm. So just looking around and also having this weird moment of just thinking like, none of us are inherently better or worse than the other one. Mm-hmm. Like we have a society that creates that, mm-hmm. that makes us think some people are better and some people are worse, but mm-hmm. just looking around and being like, this is a total level playing field. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't have to be scared. They're they're humans. Yeah. Humans aren't scary. And I have to <laughs> connect with them if I want to, you know, live. Like, the humans need connection to live. So I was just like, no. Yeah. I'm just going to get up there and be myself and 
I, you know, I actually did really well. I didn't have any awkward blackouts, like where I forget what words are. (laughs) And um, I moved a little quickly through it. But I also like, you know, I feel like I I explained things like I focused on them instead of focusing on me Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part. And afterwards, you know, everybody clapped and I felt (laughs) like, you know, I was getting a lot of smiles and stuff. And my depressed self immediately went, oh, I did so bad that they felt like they had to clap and Aww. like make me feel better. Oh, God, let's just <laughs> clap for her. <laughs> but then I was thinking like, even if that, because with anxiety, you can be like, okay, even if the worst thing I'm picturing is true, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Because usually it's not that bad. So it's like, yeah. even if they could tell I was nervous and didn't understand parts of what I was saying, like, it's cool that they are supportive enough that they wanted to show me that. Mm-hmm. Like, that I don't have to be perfect, and they still want to support me. They yeah. want me to show up. So that was a real, like, kind of teachable moment for me. That was my rose. That's awesome. Nice. Very nice. And your rose helped me. I, it, it was, like, it was basically a pep talk for the podcast that we're doing right now. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I am good enough to do this. I can do that. Yeah, so there you go. Yay. You help me. We're all helping each other. Yes. Nice. So lovely. Um, let's see. My cow shit. I was trying to think of something, and maybe it's just that I try not to focus on negative things. There's all kinds of negative things all the time. Yeah. Probably the biggest one that came to mind is just the news, our country, the government, uh, women's health care in particular that's mm-hmm. been happening lately. Ooh, it's a rough week for that. Um, a couple of weeks. It's just painful. I can I can barely turn on the I mean I haven't really turned on the news in so long because I can't I can't handle it it makes me sick to my stomach but yeah I don't I don't want to go on a political rant but that's it's just very painful for me just all of it all of the news (laughs) but particularly with with women's health and rights and all that so there's the shit and the rose from that actually no it didn't grow from that pile that pile that doesn't grow up and yeah. turn into a horrible gray piece of coal that was never found and it's somewhere in outer space. It's not even outer space. No, I don't. I don't want that to be touched. No, um, no. My rose actually is is being here and having this opportunity, and um, I think what you all are doing is is very special and really important. You know, for others, um, I care about each of you very much, and Aww. just I feel honored to be here. So. We're honored really that appreciate. you are here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't mention that we know each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Katie and I, uh, uh-huh. I've known Katie since I was a junior in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually trying to calculate like 15 years. How old are we? Ooh, yeah. I think, I think it was it's like 15 <laughs> years because you went to Manual and I went to Eastern. Uh-huh. Our group of friends connected. Yeah. And yeah, I've known you for a really long time. I hung out every day in the summer with that yeah. massive group of friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow, every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was literally every day. Like pre-college, yeah, yeah it was yeah. like every day. I didn't know I miss what that about high school when you like didn't have that adulting stuff and you could just hang out with your friends mm-hmm. like every day. Mm-hmm. Oh. And not worry about all the adult bullshit. Yeah. Do. Yeah. Oh. You just play. I miss it. We, we just play a lot. A lot. Yeah. yeah, we would go to parks and play different games. We'd have, we have little dance around. parties and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh. This is, yeah, back before anyone was using I want to go back like, there. Yeah, we're all, like, we just completely yeah, sober, just, like, no drugs, just, like, dancing around yes. in the basement, and then, like, going outside awesome. and playing frisbee or going to the pool together. It was a lot of fun. Sober dancing has to be one of the most, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, life-affirming experiences. When you're with a large group, and it's, like, we were doing so. I mean, honestly, that was... That was so wonderful for me because I was very much a loner mm-hmm. and, like, didn't have really a group of friends. And I felt like where I was in school and where I lived in Louisville, it just was it was much more conservative than my mindset. And just, like, I didn't really connect with a lot of people. And then finally I found this group, the group at my school, and they were also connected to the group at Katie's school. Mm-hmm. And it was so, like affirming for me Mm -hmm. and I would you know the first time I hung out I went down I I like came down these stairs to someone's house and people were just like dancing and stuff and I was like what the hell is going on (laughs) and like there was no alcohol or anything and I was like oh they're just like having fun yeah they're just having a lot of fun and this is me because I'm just a weird I like to have fun and I'm a big weirdo Mm -hmm. and so this is perfect setting for me so it was it was wonderful and they were just a very much like it was more of an artistic group, more of a creative group, and that's the group that I 
couldn't Very find yeah. I couldn't find for so long and then I finally found like my junior year of high school mm-hmm. and it was it was amazing for me and honestly so many things in my life can be attributed to that like when I first started hanging out with that group and so yeah and Katie was there for a lot of it so yeah yeah that that sounds for a long awesome. time. I'm yeah. really jealous of that. I was one of the people who drank in high school, so <laughs> <laughs> I was like drinking and smoking cigarettes we while you guys were having nice dance after. parties. Well, I would go to some older. parties and people would be drinking, and I, I didn't really like that because my dad was a recovering alcoholic, so I was oh, always a little sensitive about alcohol. And I, uh, I, I drink now, but I'm very, I'm careful with it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it just, it, it, I didn't like going in those settings and seeing all these. 15 and 16 and 70 year olds drinking I just felt very uncomfortable well it was risky because usually somebody ended up getting sick or right oh like I don't know like hooking up and having those gray lines of consent <laughs> that the next day yeah, yeah. sure is yeah, tough to deal with and talk people through so it, it, I mean I, I wish that I'd had the experience you guys <laughs> had you know yeah I think it was like you know I tried to be cool sure. and do that stuff but it's yeah, it's it's also scary, and mm-hmm. you incur a lot more risks when you yeah. do that in high school. My parents. I was lucky that I, you know, I made it through with right, no, tra- sure. no traumas, yeah. only yeah. emotional traumas. <laughs> my, my parents said I blossomed those last few years of high wow. school because I just I wasn't really involved in school, didn't really do a whole lot, just kind of went to work and went home and you know did my schoolwork, of course. But just really didn't have any people that I connected with, and I connected on a very deep level with this group of friends and I just felt very free and, and accepted. And that was the first time because I always, I always felt like an oddball in that area. And I was, it was in the, the suburbs of, of the East end of Louisville. And I just, you know, it was like during George W. Bush days and it was just very conservative and socially conservative. And I was not like that at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where the hell are my friends? Like, right. Why where are my I make, people? Why are, where are my people? And so it was so great to finally meet them and, yeah, and now we're here. We're still here. We're yeah. still here, yeah. Yay. It's great. <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear about Katie's story more because I feel like I we've had some I feel like any conversation we've had is so therapeutic. Like Aww. I just feel like you're super open and I love that about you and Thank you. I'm just excited to like hear more and also get updated on your life since we <laughs> you've just been listening to me that's right yeah <laughs> i haven't I've gotten any with you but you didn't know yeah <laughs> and it may have been you know on my couch or in my bed with my headphones on but you know not that you were in my bed with me but that wouldn't matter it's a big bed so yeah. <laughs> i was just spooning yeah i was yeah, big spoon. just, just spooning I was like, oh listen to listen to these voices in my room <laughs> so nice. or driving you drove with me many times oh fun nice i think i wrote in my email that uh i was listening to you as I was writing notes in my little um, office at school, which was in a former boys' bathroom, beautiful <laughs> kind of aqua-colored nice. tile on Ooh. the on the floor Ooh, and the, so and the it's walls. Still very bathroomy. Oh boy, yeah, it's it's That's nice. lovely. The cinder yeah. block walls. Mm, it's 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 I've. I've made it my own. But <laughs> you'll be very safe if there's a tornado event. Hopefully. Yes. yes. <laughs> so there's or I'll that. die in a terrible place. No. <laughs> the goal is not that. Um. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, are you so, yeah, it? take it away, babe. All right. Well, I have lots of notes here, and I'm going to try not to just read them, but it'll help me kind of mm-hmm. go through my process. So when you all asked me to do the podcast, what was important to me was to know what's important to you all and why you wanted to do this in the first place. And what I heard was, you know, being vulnerable, feeling less isolated in your mental health journeys, having different ways of thinking about and sharing mental health, um, and also taking away shame. You also said to help listeners feel empowered by owning their mental health stories regardless of issues and to discuss educate and combat stigma around mental health as well as changing the narrative yeah it's like dang guys that's that's honestly amazing that that is your intent in doing this thank Um, you and i feel like we haven't said that on air so i love that yeah you're bringing that in yeah and it, it, it was so beautifully articulated. Each of you wrote like a a paragraph back. I just texted both of you to see. So my goal in what I share is to meet 
some part of something Mm -hmm. in what you all shared. So Mm. my mental health story is really intertwined with how come I decided to go into the mental health field. Mm. As we discussed before, I work at Centerstone, a local nonprofit in Louisville. Currently, I am a therapist. I guess my my name tag says social worker. That's my background. I went to school. I got my master's in social work. Currently, I work with elementary school-age kids, which is anywhere from 4 to 11, maybe 12. And then I also have some clients who are I have a couple teenage clients, um, so basically under 21, and then of course I end up working with their parents or caregivers and mm-hmm. teachers and kind of doing therapy with everybody. Yeah. So I see kids at an elementary school, um, and then I also drive around to people's homes around Louisville and get to do therapy on their couches, in their dining rooms, <laughs> on the floor if it's cleanish, or it's not, and it doesn't... It, doesn't matter. Um, work with kids, you know, range of diagnoses, anxiety, trauma, um, depression, adjustment disorder, sometimes developmental disabilities, intellectual disabilities, autism, you know, kind mm-hmm. of a large yeah. range of things. So lots of behavioral issues is what I tend to deal with at school because mm-hmm. that's going to be what disrupts the class. Mm-hmm. Okay. So because my clients are kids, I typically will get information about whatever the issue is, quote unquote, from a teacher or an administrator about, you know, this is what happened this morning or this is what their week has looked like. Okay, so go into session with the kid. They sit down. So tell me about your week. Good. I'm like, kids don't really deal well with open-ended questions. They don't really get the concept. Mm. I'm like, okay, cool, good. Well, I heard that you know, earlier this week, you were really struggling and even that maybe you were crying about something or that you had a tantrum in your classroom. Do you want to talk about that at all? And they look at me kind of wide eyed. No. (laughs) Okay. Struggling. Session over. Um, And well, see you later. Guess you're better. Back to class. Yeah. Go flip some tables. Tell the teachers, yeah, he's he's fine. He didn't want to talk about it. He said no. So he said he's good. The end. Yeah. No. And actually, I want to interject too that therapy is is very creative. And part of the reason that I I love my profession, that it is a challenge every single day. (laughs) It may just be a challenge because I'm feeling a little bored that we're playing Uno again because Mm -hmm. the kid loves Uno. But getting back to my story, so kid says no. I'm like, all right, we'll go with this. You know, Miss Katie is not mad at you. You're not going to get in trouble by talking to me. I really have no authority at the school, so I can't get the kid in trouble. I can't write you a referral. I can't, you know. Yeah. So knowing that, you know, is there anything you want to talk about? Or, or could we work through this, figure out how maybe you could do it differently? No. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. Bigger challenge. What else can we do? So we'll go with that. Tell me then, how are you feeling right now, first of all? Good. That's awesome. How did you get from when you were crying and really upset in your classroom to how you're feeling good right now? Do you remember that? Well, you know, my teacher got mad at me, and so I left the room, and I went and I got a drink of water. said, did that help you to calm down? Did you feel better after that? Yeah. like, well, that's awesome. So taking that moment, of course, I don't necessarily use big words with kids, but, you know, taking that break and walking away Mm -hmm. in parentheses, please ask your teacher first because they need to know where you are. But taking that break helped you to feel better, which you didn't get in a fight. You know, you did yell, but that is such an important skill that you can use anytime you're feeling upset. I am so proud that you figured that out. Mm. So I share that story because... A lot of times with therapy, we think that we have to discuss the problem in order to get to an answer, in order to heal. Mm -hmm. But what I have learned through my own experience and also in working with my clients is that you can find a solution. You can heal by going toward what worked for you, Mm. by going toward that solution. Uh, Maybe you all have heard of uh, like solution-focused therapy or what is the other one? Strengths-based therapy, you know, going towards that positive. And Mm. 
And I'd say absolutely that is part of what I do. I use pieces of different therapeutic modalities within my work, sure, motivational interviewing, open-ended questions, you know, just kind of these general. But what I really do has to do with something a lot bigger, and it's called trance. And I'll circle back to that in a minute. Hmm. I did want to say and acknowledge that although you don't need to discuss the problem to get to a solution, sometimes it can be incredibly therapeutic to discuss what has happened in order to find healing, to share your story. So I do not want to dismiss the importance and the strength that you can get from doing that. Um, And that is also part of my work at different times as well. And I've had many great conversations and learned really wonderful things that I think has helped my clients because they've never told anyone before. So I, I think sharing those stories is very important and that I don't, I, as a therapist, as a friend, whoever, I don't need to know your specific darkness, your, um, the very hardest parts of your life in order to understand and sit here with you, you know, in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then going back to trance, what is trance? You could have probably about a million different definitions. I have worked with somebody named Dr. John Lentz. He is my mentor, somebody that I've known since I was, honestly, I've probably known him before I was 15, but I started working with him when I was 15. And the best way I can describe trance the the state of mind that we're in all the time, having to do with the conscious and the unconscious mind, you know, so you have both the background and the foreground of what's happening all the time. In my personal experience, you know, being 15 years old, I don't want to tell this guy anything personal about my life. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't oh, want to tell a him secretive age. anything. Yeah. I didn't want to go to therapy. I went to therapy because I had a history of migraines. I went to a neurologist. I had terrible headaches pretty often. Also had these weird things that I called head vibrations. Huh. And the only way that I could describe it was that it was like somebody took a, a stick or something and it was like a gong on my skull and it shook. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then I would have really bad vertigo. Mm-hmm. It was like the room was going up and down. Horrible. So saw a neurologist like, what is happening? And he prescribed some medication for me. And what my mom said was, I don't just want you to have medication. I want you to talk to somebody. And here I'm like, no. But really, (laughs) what ended up happening was that it was the best thing that could have ever happened. And even though I didn't always know what to say to my therapist, and I still don't always know what to say, through trance and his love and teaching, I have learned how to figure things out and to heal, to do what I do now. So what, um, when I think of trance, I think of like putting someone into a state. So mm-hmm. of just of awareness, I guess. Sure. So like, how does that work? How do you get somebody into that state? Is it like a tone of voice? Is it, um, you know, certain phrases or like, how do you get somebody in that place? Um, that's a good question. Well, the other kind of keyword here is hypnosis, um, which... People kind of go, oh, spooky, (laughs) you know, guy with a pocket watch. You're going to make me do things I don't want to. I've been hypnotized once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it worked. Really? Yeah. I'll tell you. It's a funny story. No, go ahead. You should. No, go ahead. Oh, my gosh. So there was a thing. um, I loved AP Psych in high school. Uh I still want to take more psych classes because it's like, I mean, I'm so fascinated by the brain. Mm -hmm. It's what I read about most of the time. It's what I think about most of the time. Because if I'm already going to be anxious or depressed most of the time, I might as well read. It's like a hobby. Sure. It's like depression and anxiety are my yeah. hobby now. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I read and do is like yeah. centered around them. Absolutely. It's okay. So anyway, so he did hypnosis, but he, you had to be gra- a graduate to come back and do the hypnosis because mm-hmm. there were some issues with doing hypnosis on the current students. Mm-hmm. I think they had tried it before and just uh, people under 18, it just wasn't. You know, if something went wrong, mm-hmm. then yeah. mm-hmm. it was a little scarier with parents and everything. Sure. So yeah. my best friend and I, we, our first year of college went back and were hypnotized. And I just remember it was such a strange moment, like when he, 
I, I remember like, so I don't remember what he was saying, but it was this, it was dark. It was this very calm voice and it mm-hmm. was somebody who I trusted mm-hmm. and who I knew believed in this process. Sure. Even though I came in skeptical that I could be hypnotized. Right. I think it helps that I really felt a lot of respect for that person mm-hmm. and trust in that person. And that's very important. So I, I just remember, yeah, a feeling of just like r- total relaxation. And then he did this thing at the end where it was like, you know, your hand was on the table and it was really, really heavy. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly your hand is light. And I remember being surprised that my hand was lifting. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't consciously lifting my hand. Mm-hmm. There was something happening in my brain that believed my hands were going to float. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Without any of my conscious intervention. And that was cool. like, I was like, my hand's lifting. My yeah. hand's lifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I I remember that the lights were on. It felt, it was just like a dream mm-hmm. where you're not self-conscious and like nothing was a threat to me mm-hmm. in the room. And he, you know, he had me do the Pledge of Allegiance in Alien, which apparently <laughs> was really funny because at one point I said the word twat and all the students cracked up. Oh no, that's funny. <laughs> And uh, I pledge allegiance to the twat of the United ah! States. No, I'm just kidding. I was more like, do you know what he's doing, twat? And I'm like, ah! <laughs> That's really and at one point, he had me like riding like an air motorcycle. Oh my gosh. And I would never, I'm so afraid of embarrassment. I would never yeah. do these things. I was still a teenager and doing it in front of other teenagers. Like, I would never think of that. But I was so calm. And I remember thinking that I knew that the. I knew that I was in a suggestive state. I knew that I could not do the things sure. that he was saying, mm-hmm. but I knew that I wanted to. Yeah. It was like playing mm-hmm. a game or something where I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll, I'll do this. I want to do this thing. Yeah. It's like you're the level of suggest suggestibility when you're dreaming where it's like as soon as you think something, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. It materializes. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what it was like. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of rough coming out of it because there was an interruption and then he didn't actually do the normal steps to take someone out of hypnosis. Uh, So I ended up kind of coming too slowly and then it felt really jarring. I felt like I had just woken up from a nap, Mm -hmm. uh, felt really disoriented and he apologized for that. He was like, that was not like you're in a very deep trance, but it wasn't traumatizing or anything. It was just kind of like. It was just weird. It's like that feeling sometimes when you come out of a movie uh-huh. and like, <laughs> it's like you're just slowly coming back daytime? into your body and yeah. daytime. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like that. Yeah. But That's cool. that was my experience with it. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't done it therapeutically. I would love to. Yeah. It's very different therapeutically. I, w- I would say. I mean, however, it sounds like the person that you worked with was very respected, respectful of you and also somebody that you trusted so you knew that he wasn't going to do anything harmful yeah um i think one misconception about hypnosis sometimes is that you have no control when actually you have more control and awareness of what's going on Mm -hmm. um however you're tapping into other parts of your brain and yourself that allowed to do those things i think that you wouldn't have otherwise and I, I wanted did. to do them. Yeah. I knew I yeah. didn't have to. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not like he's forcing you to, yeah, do anything crazy. <laughs> Go jump off this bridge right now. I think it'll get really dark and terrible. But... I would have been like, that doesn't sound fun. Yeah. No I thanks. I'm going to stay here, bud. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to break out of this trance. Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. That was yeah. fun. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I did want to say I don't do hypnosis with kids because yeah. that's not really, I'm not privately licensed or um, independently licensed. You know, I don't have a private practice or anything. Um, The only thing I have done is if you want to think of it like as mindfulness or I actually helped teach a kid how to daydream, which is basically hypnosis. Oh. Um, And just kind of talked him through how to stand being in his class and said, where else would you want to be right now? You know, what would that look like? And kind of talked him through what it would feel like you know, the different experiences you might have on the beach because that's where he wanted to go. I did write down, well, let's see. So as far as trance, you had asked me, how do I help someone get into a trance? Or like, how does your therapist help you get into it? Just how it works. By being in a trance. 
And so uh, one person's in the trance, they can help someone else get sure. into it. Okay. Um, and, and if you want to think of it, a lot of times um, you think about reading somebody, or which even that could sound spooky. It's not some weird psychic thing. It's a feeling you have when you're with somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the people that you worked with. Sure, you may have had some very obvious signs that you were not as happy and bubbly. Yeah. But I'm sure the more sensitive folks could have felt that like something he's upset about something. Yeah. Yeah. I can feel that there's like a heaviness there. Mm -hmm. And so with my kids, what I very intentionally do, and that sometimes is harder than other times is to hold a feeling of love for them, which, you know, I may not have at the moment I meet them because I don't know them yet, Mm -hmm. but to have a feeling of love in general. And I can tell you very honestly that I absolutely adore my clients. I really do. Hmm. And it's also because I have found something that I care about in each of them. If I think about every single one of them, they may drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm like, how long can I stand to you know, be in this session today? Or I may have to do it at a different time of day, mm-hmm. depending on kids' energy, impulsivity, mm-hmm. all that. But... I do love them. And when I have that feeling and I'm with them and I'm sitting calm, they can feel that too. That is my goal for them to absorb any part of that. A lot of times in therapy, you may call that like transference or countertransference. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of any of those terms? Yeah. Um, basically, not, no. no. So like, like transference, I guess, you know, to, to break it down by those terms, if I wanted to transfer my feeling of love to you, I'm just sitting here, which I've already been working on just doing while I'm here with you all anyway, because I do love you both, mm-hmm. you know. I love you too. And, <laughs> and I feel really calm. I feel like, is she trancing me? I feel tranced. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting tranced right now. But you're going in, you know, if you're going into trance, and you're right, I, I probably am in a trance because that's how I can help calm myself down oh. if I can help you all in some way going outside of myself to connect with you. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the reverse side, the counter-transference is like when a client gives you something, like their emotion, yeah. which that happens a lot. And let me just say, I, I've, I've struggled with that at different times. I will be so down and depressed and not know why. And then a week later realize, oh my gosh, such and such client was really depressed. And I just sucked it all up because I cared that much. Okay. So one skill that I've learned from my mentor is that if you start feeling an emotion that you didn't have before they were there, then it's probably the other person's emotion. Okay. Mm. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, it's good for life, too. Oh, my gosh. I soak up other people's emotions like a sponge. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. yeah. However, I've also been encouraged, do not <laughs> you use your intuition and do not use it with the people that you are very closest to because you will not be able to read them, like your husband, your partner, really? whoever. Because you're, you're always projecting Because on you're them. already in it. You're in it. You're projecting. You're already mm. feeling. You think you know. You may be totally off. You know? That's so I, interesting. I have to catch myself because with my husband, when he's tired, he's just kind of flat. He's He doesn't, I mean, he's a quiet person in general, but sometimes, you know, he's just, he's just more to himself. You know, he can be really silly otherwise. And I'm kind of like, are you okay? Are you mad at me? Are you okay? Like, and I have to stop because it's like, no, he said he's tired. Mm-hmm. You just need to take that because that's what it is right now. Yeah. Mm. And that is a skill that is hard, you know, can be hard with the people that you're close to, to just say, all right, I'm going to let that go. And I, I have to just take what you're saying because I don't really know. And that's another question. Do we ever really know? Right. You know, but that's so interesting to me that the people you know the most are the ones that you could misread the most. Oh, like that idea yes. is so fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Like that you don't have the level of objectivity mm-hmm. to read them because mm-hmm. it's always through your lens of the relationship. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh, I got some work to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting. And with trance, that is something you can do on your own. Versus hypnosis, which 
is something that needs to happen. Well, there is self-hypnosis, but I don't really know if you can self-hypnotize. It's kind of a whole other <laughs> whole look, other Look concept. in the mirror with the lights yeah. out and <laughs> say soothing yeah. things to yourself. That's kind of a whole other thing. But to focus on trance, and it's something I focus on all the time in regard to positive and negative trance. Negative trance, if you think about how you might think in a binary, you know, if I do this, this result will happen. But if I do this other thing, then this other result will happen. So either way, I'm screwed. Yeah. Positive trance, you are breaking that binary, which I don't always know how to do for myself, but that's the goal of <clears throat> expanding your options. That's what positive trance is about. How do you get to positive trance? Well, and let me let me say this. When I first learned about positive trance, I used to think that positive means like happy, right? Mm-hmm. So if I go mm-hmm. into a positive trance, why am I not feeling better? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Rather, as you were kind of saying about being okay with being sad, Mm -hmm. I might just be sad someday. And I might have that awareness of being sad. I don't have to stay in the deepest, darkest parts of the sadness. I can have that sadness while still expanding some options. So I feel maybe a little better. Maybe I don't feel better. But I'm still expanding my thought process and um, my experience. Um, A very simple way to do that that anybody can do is just by having more um, awareness of your body, like where you're sitting in your chair, how the back of your chair (laughs) is supporting (laughs) your very good postured back and that, you know, how your arms feel on the table or on your lap. You can have awareness of your breathing, which sometimes can be helpful and sometimes depending on how you are, that might stress you out more. So I don't always like to think about that. You know, what What do you smell? What do you hear? You know, the, the slight buzz of the lights. Just bringing awareness around you already is expanding what's going on because you have your thoughts, you have the feelings and you're hearing something. You have all these senses that are activated at once um, and it helps you already just expand how you're feeling. Well, I felt like I was advised by my therapist before too. It, it was almost like a centering of myself. Yes. Like, so when I was in like these kind of panic attacks or like manic type of thinking or whatever it was, I just, they were very focused on like, all right, like be in the present. Like, mm-hmm. you know, think about like what you feel, what you see, the sounds you have around you, taste, everything, like go through, go through those sensory sure. images, images. Good Lord. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Uh, just use all of your senses and try to be reflective and be in the moment and centered right here. Because uh, I could just, you know, my thing is I spiral. So sure. I have something happens, like my coworker leaving, it spiraled into other things. Right. And like right. went down this like dark tunnel and it wasn't just be that thing happening. Right. It was like that just kind of snapped it. And then I spiraled. So it's like, how do I center myself back into this position? And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a little bit connected to what you're saying as well absolutely yeah and i see how that connects with mindfulness too exactly yeah it's being in this moment yeah a lot of it's just different terms you know for the same thing but that for some reason trance resonates with me more than mindfulness Mm -hmm. mindfulness has always seemed hard Mm -hmm. as a concept Mm -hmm. to me like and it seems like such a tall order Mm -hmm. to have to try to be mindful Mm -hmm. yeah but the idea that a trance makes me feel more like it's a mental state that I can control mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's just wording. Yeah. 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 And I really like that. Yeah. And I think I, I would, I could probably relate to that too, that it's somehow a lighter, it's just who you are. You can change your trance at any time, you know, mm-hmm. rather than I'm going to do this one kind of trance. Maybe mindfulness is a kind of trance, you know, yeah. you could call it that. Or in my mind it is. Sure. I associate it with like, therapy and yoga and sure things that are harder to do sometimes <laughs> yeah 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 it's true that's one reason too that I was thinking that they say it's like helpful to have like a mentor when you are trying to tap into like spirituality or like peace a little mm-hmm. bit more is like find somebody who's already there mm-hmm. yeah. because even just being around that person you pick up on their exactly energy yeah whereas I think sometimes like especially when you're anxious and depressed, like 
you tend to surround yourself by other people who are on your same wavelength. Mm -hmm. And for me too, like I'll be intimidated by people who seem happier than Mm. like much happier than me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it happens with all my friends too. Cause I'll see like, they're, you know, having a great moment in their life and I'm so happy for them, but I get a little more intimidated by them. Like some, Mm. somehow they have access to something that I don't, but you need that. You need people who are like mentors in like, there's always people who are a little further in their kind of mental health journey than, than you are and Mm -hmm. actually seeking those people out. Absolutely. Yeah. That's very important. Um, one other thing that I wanted to mention was, say I am in a in a really hard spot. I'm feeling really anxious. I'm feeling really depressed. Well, one thing I've learned, too, is that sometimes it's okay. <laughs> you know, again, just that I can function at this level. I don't want to because it, it does not feel good. And yeah. I realize that every time I'm there, I'm like, nope, this just sucks. I want out. Pull me out. Pull me out. However, when I can reflect back on it and just be gentler with myself, it's like, maybe I need this right now, first of all. But what I attempt to do to get out of that, because I know, you know, that we can, again, put ourselves in that binary, in that negative trance. Okay, what might I be doing to myself that I'm feeling this way? You know, I was feeling anxious before I came here, you know. What am I feeling anxious about? Okay, I really want to do a good job. I want to adhere to something that's important to Lizzie and Emo and Marie. Um, (laughs) I don't know if I'm good enough. You know, I, I might be putting myself down in some way. And that's something that I have to watch for a lot, that piece of putting yourself down or not thinking you're good enough at whatever is going on. If you can take that piece out, that already kind of lightens my feelings of, Okay, I can do this. And one of the biggest skills of getting yourself out of a negative trance is going outside of you. Because mm. this isn't about me. This yeah. podcast isn't about me. It's about people who are listening and want to find connection. So if I can think of caring for other people and for you two, and how, how can I best do that? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if I mess up. doesn't matter what I say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if some goodness can come out of it, that's great. Just like I'm anxious at home alone. I don't know what to do with my time. I never have free time. And now I do. What the heck do people actually do? Mm, yeah. um, and my dad's voice comes in my head and says, put on your shoes and just walk out the door. Just walk out the door. You don't mm. have to overthink it. You don't have to put on your sports gear. Sometimes I'm like, but if I want to go for a walk, I have to, you know, do this so people don't think this of me. And it's like, no, dude, put on your shoes and walk out the door. And I can't tell you how every single time. I feel a little bit different. Uh, and it helps with that choice paralysis too. Yeah. That I think is kind of a symptom of modern society too. Sure. There's so many different media you could consume or sure. activities you could do at any given moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's paralyzing. Yeah. It's like when you have unstructured time, it's like suddenly I have to choose. Right. You know, when you're younger, your parents choose. Right. School chooses. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the idea like just... Take the first step. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's good advice. Yeah, because I, 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 I struggle not having structure. I do too. <laughs> when I, it's it's very, I mean, that's why I have that, my little planner and I have all the things I have to check off and I have sure. to-dos and tasks that I'm always doing and I'm just busy all the time and taking care of those. So yeah, the unstructured time is like, <laughs> all right, oh, what oh do I do with myself? And that's where like, you went back to like, you with uh, the media consumption or whatever, news consumption, I'll, that's yeah. when I'll, a lot of times it'll happen and I'll just be mm. like, oh wait, I'm in a very negative space, but it's nice to be like, hey, just literally just put on your shoes and go yeah. outside. Yeah, turn off the stupid news because it, it that's a way, if you want a guaranteed way to feel depressed, watch the news. Yeah. <laughs> it is so depressing. Yeah. Put on your shoes and one other good idea is to um, do something for somebody else. You really, and this is, Something that I learned from my mentor, too. If you really want to feel good, <laughs> you do for something good for somebody else, but you don't tell them that you did it. Oh. It could be wiping off your coworker's desk. It could be that they haven't dusted in forever. Not because you're critiquing them, but because you want to help and you know they like it better when it's this way. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be getting some flowers and leaving it on the step of a neighbor just for them to see. Know, any kind of little gesture. Somehow, again, you're breaking that and stepping outside of yourself 
mm-hmm. metaphorically, and giving something good to somebody else. Hmm. And it, it keeps you outside of yourself because you're not getting accolades for doing that. Exactly, yeah. It doesn't really matter. I don't yeah. need to be acknowledged. I know. I may not even want to tell anybody. I don't, you know, I may not even mention to my partner or my best friend that I did it, but I know that I did that, and I know that that person feels better for that. So today, there's the hallway. I live in an apartment building, uh-huh. and there's the hallway. There's little apartments on each side, and the, the carpet was really dirty. So I went out in the hallway. I just vacuumed all of it, and this is not my space. So I was thinking, <laughs> is you. I should tell each neighbor... And I should post it on social media of what I did, right? That's what you're... Sure, yeah, yeah. So that's what you should <laughs> Look do. Look what I yeah. did. Yeah. And then we'll all send you money for it. Yeah. And a new vacuum. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that idea a lot, though. Yeah. The, the, the un, uh, just not telling people. Mm-hmm. Just doing kind, good things for others and not mm-hmm. expecting anything in return and just not telling anyone about it. Yeah. And if they happen to find out, you know, I've, I've had friends before that they're starving. They haven't had lunch. And I tried to make it a secret, and it didn't work. But to know that I gave them something that cares for them, you know, I want them to have that, no matter if they found out or not. You mm-hmm. know, you eat that food. You need food. <laughs> yeah. And you get to hold it in yourself longer. Mm-hmm. I feel like when it turns into this, like, interaction of, like, oh, no, you shouldn't. Oh, thank you. Or, oh, do you want me to do this? Do yeah. you not want me to do this? It's, you just do it. Yeah. Because you feel that impulse, and then you can just hold on to that thing. Mm-hmm. You don't have to give it away. It's just like, this was a connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You literally just said you wanted this particular sandwich that you were craving it. So I'm just going to get it, have somebody else give it to you. You'll probably know, but you still get your sandwich, and I'm yeah. happy that you get your sandwich. <laughs> oh, I love, the, I love that. You still get your sandwich, <laughs> yeah. and I'm happy that you get your sandwich. Yeah, because yeah. you're yeah. going to feel better, and you're going to feel happy is my hope, you know. Some kind of goodness. You don't have to feel happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. I feel like my soul is like, just feels so much better after this. Yeah, <laughs> this is wonderful. Thank I'm you glad. so yeah. much. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. I truly feel like I'm in a trance. I wonder if listeners will feel that way. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. That would be that'd be great if it was a positive. I feel one. like I'm gonna have a good day now. I good. know that the trance doesn't necessarily have to be yeah happy. Sure. If, I think if I needed it is, to get all the better. <laughs> yeah, I needed to get to neutral so that you can because sometimes if you go into the day negative it's just stays that way mm-hmm. it's like getting to neutral so that you can sure let things in you can function again you can yeah. go to the grocery and not freak out about it <laughs> yeah well as we're wrapping up do you have any like follow-up questions emo or no i'm i uh it's one of those things where i'm i'm one of those people that always has questions or comments you know like two three hours that are like damn it i should have said that <laughs> but no this has been wonderful and i really Thank appreciate you. your time and uh and especially working with with young people it's you know close and dear to my heart mm-hmm. so i definitely appreciate that and all you do thank you um and it's just also it's just really cool to be like oh yeah i knew her when she was 17 and we we're just <laughs> kids in our little underwear dancing in the <laughs> basement just having a good time mm-hmm. and now we're here we are and yeah. uh, this is this is really great to see this and to see all that you've done i do have we could do business again i can come back to it yeah i do have one quick okay, question so when you're talking about kind of the brain vibrations oh, and yeah. stuff when you were younger, did they decide that that was related to anxiety, the migraines? And the... I would guess so. Yeah. That would be my guess now. I have never been given any kind of formal diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, I could diagnose the heck out of myself because I see, you know, but my um, therapist did not need to diagnose because he does not bill insurance. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Um, just by on a sliding scale. So I, I would think so, um, because I found out later that the medication that I had, it treats migraines, but it also works for things like anxiety and depression. Okay. So, yeah. So I thought, wait a minute, nobody told me this. You know, I found out years later, I was like, wait, okay, well, but it worked. So nice. And it helped. Yeah. Cause they never found a cause for the, <laughs> the vibrations otherwise. Yeah. And I'll still have them. I mean, I haven't had them actually probably for at least a few years, but when I've had incredibly stressful times is when I, or, or if I'm being really, really hard on myself, I felt it. Yeah. Um, Just a slight one. It's not as strong as it used to be, but so that's also helped me to realize that, yeah, I'm sure that's where that came from. Just this intense, you know, anxiety that 
you know, I couldn't identify otherwise. Wow. So. So interesting. And it just shows how much the physical and the mental are oh connected gosh. that you're so much. Yeah. Your body talks to you in that way. And that's, yeah, that could be a whole other podcast. Cause I think that's so true that, yeah, my body was saying, girl, you need to lighten up. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself. You're doing enough already. Your brain's just giving you a little tap. Yeah. Hey, 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 wake up, stop. Yeah. Just, just rest. Enjoy. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. Well, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yes. Privilege to be here. Thank yeah. you. Oh, I feel like I just had a therapy session. And I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so yeah, close out with the, where can people find us? SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. They can mm-hmm. follow us on mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is the number two, two nuts in a pod. It's a more hip version of Facebook. And uh, mm-hmm. always contact, uh, contact us, two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Straight.